nothing in particular You shut your mouth, how can you say I go about things the wrong way Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Twilight's Herbal Power Hour. I'm your witchy host, Twilight DeLuca. Due to the upcoming holidays, the next three episodes will be aired early, so that like you lovely listeners, I can enjoy the holidays with my family. This episode will be about combating the winter cold and getting on top of colds and other complaints that winter brings. This episode looks at six useful herbs to help combat that winter cold. Our first herb sounds like it might be more at home in Harry Potter, though it's not native to Harry's home country. This herb is a perennial that grows to 16 inches or 40 centimeters tall and is native to Mongolia as well as northern and eastern China. It thrives in sandy, well-drained soil with plenty of sun. Its name? Astragalus. Research in China shows that this herb is a diuretic and lowers blood pressure as well as increasing endurance. In 2012, a clinical trial found that 5 grams of astragalus a day helped to stabilize kidney function in patients with kidney disease, delaying the need for dialysis. 
Recent American research has focused on astragalus as a way to restore normal immune function in cancer patients. Clinical evidence also suggests that with a number of herbs, astragalus helps cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy or radiotherapy recover quickly and live longer. Some traditional uses for astragalus are as a tonic that's possibly superior to ginseng for young people. In China, it's believed to help the body adapt to external influences, especially the cold. Astragalus is a vasodilator, but is used to treat excessive sweating, including night sweats. It's also helpful with normalizing kidney function, thus helping with fluid retention and reducing thirstiness. This protects the kidneys from damage. Though astragalus isn't an herb for acute illness, it's nonetheless a very useful medicine for viral infections such as the common cold. Some other uses for astragalus is a treatment for prolapsed organs, especially the uterus, and is beneficial for uterine bleeding. Astragalus is often used with Dong Kwai in order to act as a blood tonic for treating anemia. The part of the herb used is the root, and uses for this herb are decoctions, tinctures, and dry fried. Caution, do not take astragalus if suffering from skin disorders or during acute illness. Our second herb is a staple in Mexican cooking and is originally from the American tropics. It was introduced to Europe in the 16th century. Its hot burning taste makes it wonderful as a warming tonic. Say hola to the mighty cayenne. Cayenne is native to the American tropics, but is now grown in the tropical regions of Africa and India due to its love of moist, hot conditions. Cayenne is a relative of paprika or Hungarian pepper, as well as the large red and green peppers that are eaten as vegetables. Research on cayenne shows that capsaicin has strong local analgesic activity in certain types of nerve pain. Applied to the skin, capsaicin desensitizes the nerve endings and acts as a counter-irritant. It's standardly prescribed for relief of neuralgic pain. Cayenne may also provide effective pain relief of conditions such as arthritis and headaches. Traditional uses for cayenne include a remedy for poor circulation due to its heating qualities. This quality enables it to improve the blood flow to the hands, feet, and central organs. The Mayans used it as a counter to microbial infections, and now different capsicum species, including cayenne, are known to have significant antimicrobial activity. Adding cayenne to food reduces the chances of developing gastric or intestinal infections and is also frequently used by herbalists to treat gastroenteritis and dysentery. Applied topically to the skin, cayenne is mildly analgesic. It's also rubefacent, which means it increases the blood flow to the affected part and helps to stimulate the circulation in cold, rheumatic, and arthritic conditions, aiding in the removal of waste products and increasing the flow of nutrients to the tissues. Cayenne may also be applied to chillblains, provided the skin isn't broken. Internally, cayenne is taken to relieve gas and colic, as well as for stimulating the secretion of digestive juices. It may be taken in frequent small doses for a weak or failing heart. A pinch of cayenne is excellent when used in gargles for sore throats and helpful for relieving acute diarrhea. The part of the cayenne used is the peppers or fruit. It's used in infused oils, tinctures, ointment, tablets, and in powder form. Caution, non-toxic at normal doses, though caution is required when eating or handling cayenne. It can cause intense pain, burning, and contact dermatitis.
Our third herb is famous all over the world. It has been used for about 7,000 years. An Arabian physician brought this herb to Europe in the 6th century, but it wasn't known to the West until the 18th century. It's ginseng! Ginseng is native to northeastern China, eastern Russia, and North Korea, but it's extremely rare in the wild. It takes great skill to cultivate this herb due to the requirement for rich, well-drained soil. Some related species are Song Ki, Suedo Ginseng, and American Ginseng, and they also have significant benefits. Research into ginseng has gone on for 50 years in China, Japan, Korea, Russia, and other countries which focus on its remarkable adaptogenic properties. Adaptogenic means helping the body adapt. Trials also show that ginseng significantly improves the body's capacity to cope with hunger, exchange of temperature, and mental or emotional stress. Ginseng has ginsenocytes, which are similar to our body's own hormones, so they can be adapted within the body to tone up deficient hormonal states. Clinical trials support ginseng roots used by men to keep their virility and vitality as they age. It's also equally useful to women due to it aiding with the hot flashes and lowered mood associated with menopause. Other research has shown that ginseng increases immune function and resistance to infections. It also improves liver function and is a key herb in maintaining health and quality of life in those with cancer. Traditional uses for ginseng are as a tonic-stimulating herb for athletes and those subject to physical stress. It's also used as a tonic for old age and is traditionally taken by residents of northern and central China from late middle age onward to help them endure long, hard winters. In the West, ginseng is viewed more as a life-enhancing tonic. It's useful for those coping with stressful events such as taking exams. The part of ginseng used is the root, and it is used in capsules, tablets, and eaten in soups. Caution, do not exceed dose. It can cause insomnia and high blood pressure. Take on professional advice if using blood thinning medicines. Healthy young adults shouldn't take ginseng longer than six weeks. Avoid caffeine while taking ginseng and do not take if pregnant. Our fourth herb is from the Arctic and thrives in extreme environments. It has rose-colored roots and is an adaptogen similar to ginseng. It also acts on the central nervous system to support memory and concentration under stressful conditions, helps relieve nervous exhaustion, and helps with mild to moderate depression. Its name, rhodiola. Rhodiola is native to Arctic and mountainous regions of the Northern Hemisphere, including Canada, Scotland, Scandinavia, Russia, and Alaska. Rhodiola is collected from the wild, which threatens its long-term survival in some regions, though it's cultivated in Canada, Norway, and Finland. Some related species are the Rhodiola quadrifida, which is used in Mongolia to enhance strength and vigor, Rhodiola crinulata, and Rhodiola rosea, which is used in China to alleviate fatigue and protect against the cold. Chinese research into Rhodiola crinulata indicates that this species aids endurance and has a protective activity against radiation. Research into rhodiola shows that this is an unusual medicine. It showed that rhodiola is an adaptogen that combines the ability to promote physical and mental endurance with an antidepressant and anti-inflammatory activity. 
Though large-scale clinical trials are lacking, research shows that rhodiola root increases resistance to physical and mental fatigue. In 2000, Armenian scientists ran a clinical trial on young, healthy hospital doctors working night shifts. They were given rhodiola extract, and after two weeks, those taking the extract showed significantly fewer signs of mental fatigue, including better concentration and short-term memory levels than in those taking a placebo. In 2015, the U.S. did a clinical trial on 57 adults with moderate depression in which they were given rhodiola or sertraline, a conventional antidepressant. Both medicines proved effective, but the ones taking rhodiola reported fewer side effects than those taking the sertraline. One traditional use for rhodiola is as a traditional medicine in Europe and Asia to increase endurance and work rate, as well as the capacity to cope with high altitude and winter cold. The roots have also been taken to promote longevity, ease depression, and treat infection. Rhodiola is now most commonly taken to improve mental and physical performance, as well as protection against the harmful effects of ongoing stress. Another traditional use for rhodiola is as an official medicine in Russia since 1969 and being recommended for a wide range of health problems, not only as an adaptogen, but also for psychiatric and neurological problems like depression and schizophrenia. In Mongolia, rhodiola is given for infections like bronchitis and pneumonia and is also used as a mouthwash for bad breath. The part of rhodiola used is the root, and it's used to make tablets, decoctions, and tinctures. Caution, rhodiola can cause irritability and sleep disturbance, not advisable in manic and bipolar disorders. Our fifth herb is native to North America and is held in high regard for its medicinal properties. This herb is a shrub that grows 10 feet tall. It gets its name prickly ash from the thorny gray branches. Prickly ash is native to southern Canada, northern, western, and central U.S. and prefers moist shady sites like woodlands. Related species are the southern prickly ash, which is native to the southern and central U.S., Chuan Jiao, native to China, Xanthoxylum capense, native to South Africa, and Xanthoxylum xanthoxylides, native to West Africa. Research on prickly ash is limited, but a 2005 study found prickly ash fruit and leaf extract demonstrated antifungal activity. Traditional uses for prickly ash date back to Native Americans using it as a remedy for toothaches and rheumatism. The 19th century is when the U.S. started using it as a circulatory stimulant and an arthritis treatment. Western herbalists regard northern prickly ash as a prime remedy for both rheumatic and arthritic conditions. It stimulates blood flow to painful and stiff joints, promoting the supply of oxygen and the removal of waste products. Prickly ash also improves circulation in intermittent claudication and Raynaud's disease, conditions where the arteries of the limbs have narrowed, preventing sufficient blood reaching the hand or leg muscles. The key parts of prickly ash used are the bark, berries, and leaves. The key preparations are tincture, decoction, tablets, and lotion. Caution, avoid while pregnant or breastfeeding. Our sixth and final herb is more known as a vegetable than as a homeopathic remedy. It's a perennial that grows to three feet tall. If you've eaten burgers, hot dogs, or egg salad, then you've eaten an onion on them. 
Onions are native to the northern hemisphere and have been cultivated in the Middle East for millennia, but now they are grown all around the world. Onions have been prescribed for a variety of health problems since ancient times. In Europe, bunches of onions were hung to ward off the plague during medieval times. Wild onion was used very extensively by the Native Americans to treat stinks and relieve colds. Onion is diuretic, antibiotic, anti-inflammatory, analgesic, expectorant, and anti-rheumatic. It's also beneficial for circulation. Much like garlic, onion is taken all over the world for colds, flu, and coughs. Mix onion juice with honey for colds. Onion is a cardiac-friendly vegetable due to its ability to offset tendencies to angina, arteriosclerosis, and heart attack. Warmed onion juice can be used to treat earache by dropping it into the ear. Baked onion is used as a poultice to drain pus. It's also useful in preventing oral infection and tooth decay. The part of the onion used is the bulb. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on battling winter cold and always remember to consult a professional before using any of the herbs in this and previous or future episodes. Stay safe and blessed be. May your holidays be merry and your new year be bright and joyful.
Goodbye and good night.